Ahoy hoy, Noiros! Or should I say, uh, welcome to birth? I don't know. <laughs> Baby boy? We need to, to really get some crying in the beginning of these episodes, right, Tim? As either, we open, open up through the tunnel? Yes. Either that or, or I was waiting for the first utterance of a uh, danger signal. <laughs> <laughs> either or would be fine. Uh, welcome to the show. We've got... <laughs> Baby boy Dan here on, on the other side of the mic, and gentleman Joey here to say hello. Thank you for joining us on the holiday. Yeah, I think we're a little before Christmas. This comes out still anticipating presents. Couple days, yeah. Couple of days, you'll make it. It's on a Saturday this year, Dan. Yeah, when does that ever happen? Who who put that together? The boss? Yeah, Springsteen. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> we should have never put him in charge of the schedule. Yeah, that's holiday pay being stolen from us. Yeah, yeah, it, it's unfortunate, but what are you going to do? I don't make the calendar. That's right. That's why we just have a hungry heart over here. You know, Dan, today, this day today that we're recording this is actually one year ago exactly that we first started the podcast. We recorded our first episode. Oh, wow. So even though, you know, next episode is the year mark, mm. this is it for us, for the behind the scenes, the BTS. Yes. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Could you feel we, it in the air? I mean, I guess, I we'll, guess... we'll save we'll save these reminiscences for next episode. But, yeah. you know, hey, isn't that something, huh? We'll have like a like a looking back like montage episode. <laughs> like, you know, like TV shows where they do like the anniversary ones where they do like the clips shows and stuff like that. What are, how are we going to challenge each other? What sh- what do we do each of us need to do to bring to the next episode? Because I say Bill and Ted 2 for Daniel, sir would be nice oh yeah what, what, what are we gonna do to close up the year to tie up these loose ends i should watch that yeah i keep forgetting about I mean, that i mean you should but yes yeah. also hey episode 52 on the way why don't we do that what do yeah. i gotta do what am i slacking on dan wow it's um, not alfredo garcia because I, I finally watched it oh i mean i want to hear all about that bring, um, bring me the head of of course i actually yes. watched quite a bit this last week i've got plenty to talk about well, let me, yeah, let me think on that. Let me think on what I, what I want you to watch. But yeah, I, I, I want, now that you mentioned it, now I want to hear what you think of uh, Alfredo Garcia. It was, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. It? Yeah, I like it. It's wild, right? <laughs> it, it was quite wild. Uh, it's grungy, man. It gets really grungy towards the end. Absolutely. I mean, it's just a nice little buddy comedy. Oh, yeah. Of sorts, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think of, I, I, my favorite scene in that movie, and it's the one I think I alluded to, is the one where, Gig Young and the and uh, I forget the other actor's name when they meet up with him on the road and like the bus comes by that whole sequence. Oh yeah, that's it, the one for yeah. sure. Yeah, like the that machine whole, gun. That, yeah, that whole like slow motion. He's like he's like I guess we're gonna have to take it, huh? Like that whole that whole sequence just gets me every time. It was a good time. Yeah, I'm uh, glad you I'll like put, it. It's I'll, it's an odd. I'll put it on the the recommendation list for sure. I'm looking forward to a second viewing because I just you know I both had expectations and no expectations. Mm-hmm. And now I'd like to just revisit having known the story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets. I'm it, ready I, for Chris Christopherson this time. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's he's amazing in it as a, as a terrible, terrible person. Yeah, but um, he's the right person to cast for oh, that. Yeah. You know, like as soon as it's on and you could see what was happening, you're like, I, I don't care for this. But, you know, hey, I'm not too too afraid of a Christopherson. You know, he's, yeah. still a, he's a nice guy at the end of the day. Yeah, they were. You know, it's him. all he, wink, wink at the camera. Yeah, he he had done plenty with he did convoy and, and yeah, they were buds. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, it's you know one of my faves. I also watched uh, that movie Zola. Finally watched that. Okay, 24 this year. Yeah, yeah, how was that? 
it's all right. It was watchable, but it was watchable, ultimately, yeah. like it was an enjoyable ride. But ultimately, I'm not going to revisit or yeah. give it any real estate in my head. Mm-hmm. Watched a little Carlito's Way. Brooke hadn't seen it. Okay. It was time for that. And one, of, <laughs> one of the last good De Palmas. It, it still holds up. I had a, a nice time. Very cool. Sean Penn peak performance, possibly. I finished Superman, the animated series. Holds up. Wow. You've been doing a lot, looked, a lot of watching. Looked beautiful. Um, and then also, my birthday, you know, the episode had already come out. But as far as this recording goes, it just happened. And I've been watching Incredible Hulk, as I've been saying. The television show. And my all-time favorite episode was lining up right perfect for my birthday. So I saved it for then. And it, what a wonderful episode. The Snare is what it's called, Dan. Okay. And this is an episode where this guy takes David Banner, the Incredible Hulk, to a private island. And he hunts him. He hunts men. But boy, does he find out he's hunting more than he bargained for. Yes. Hijinks ensue, but it, it's a wonderful episode. Can't recommend that enough. So it's like the yeah. most dangerous game meets the Incredible Hulk, basically. <laughs> One hundred percent, and it's it's just so good. Everyone brings their A game. The guy hunting them is a lot of fun, and it's like just you know, there's only two people in the entire episode. It's real fascinating. Wow, been watching the real world okay. reruns of the real world. Also, that's that, kind of a left turn from from the Incredible Hulk. Keeping them coming. Uh, also, they have like that Homecoming, the reunion show on Paramount Plus. I got the trial just to watch these things. Okay, I heard about that. I hung out with our friend Brian Meets. You know, I saw him dropping off tapes for everybody mm-hmm. the other weekend, a reference that Dan will get and no one else, but that's who the yeah. show's for. He had mentioned it and it got me in the zone for it. And I tried it out. Man, what a what a time machine that is. <laughs> that was a Three show I never really watched. Deep. Yeah, I never really got into that show in particular. I don't know why. I just never got into it. Ah, fair enough. It was it was always on. It was always a marathon. Yeah. So it was like something to do on a Sunday afternoon right. for it as a kid. But yeah, what a what a wild ride. And then um Watch Cruella, the Cruella movie. Oh, how was that? You know, like on paper, of course, we all have the same reaction and I understand it. But then enough credible sources were like, you know, weirdly, this thing's a lot of fun. And I got to say, I agree. It was crazy. Come for the soundtrack alone. I mean, you're getting zombies, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, Bee Gees, all the good stuff. Really? Incredible soundtrack, like to a T, phenomenal. And uh, yeah, I don't know, it's just just fun. It's just like a nice heist movie, hijinks ensue. Uh, You got Paul Walter Hauser, who's just been killing it lately. Mm -hmm. He's doing basically Bob Hoskins and Hook. It's it's a lot of fun. Cool. It's a lot. That's a lot. You've been watching. I got more, Dan. I got a couple. Well, as far as watching, that's it. Wow. I took a two-hour trip to get a wooden cassette holder for $15. Uh, Just added that to the screen behind me that Dan can see. A lot of exclusives for you today, my friend. Very cool. So that was good. They're getting harder and harder to find, but shout out to Facebook Marketplace. That's my trade Mm -hmm. secret. And then my final shout out, Dan, before I shut the fuck up and let you take over for a minute. Uh, (laughs) Do you know Tashin, the the publisher? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Book book Uh, publisher. Yeah. Book publisher. They do great, great, you know, very high quality publications. They just got for the next 10 years, the license from Marvel to republish old comics, like basically from the start. So the, this is going to be the first 20 issues of Amazing Spider-Man that they're debuting with. Hmm. But they're finally doing it, Dan. Because for years they've been reprinting this stuff. It's been recolored. They have to like, you know, have someone trace over the original art just to get like line art because they have none of these files from back in the 60s. Hmm. But someone finally got high quality copies of the old books and just are doing scans from the old comics hmm. And so that way nothing's reproduces a couple like, you know, restorations yeah. to really get it to, you know, like that were printing errors. But 
someone's finally doing it. It's what, you know, the real collectors have wanted for years. And I pre-ordered that bad boy as soon as it was announced. I, I'm very excited to hold that, to see that. And uh, yeah, it was a nice look. It's been a, it's been a great December. It's been plenty a of... long uh, December? Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's zooming along, actually. Those guys are full of shit. When you have a birthday and Christmas in the same month, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can't take Counting Crow seriously. And for that reason yeah. alone, not haircuts or talent or anything like that. Just, just the fact that they think December is long. Yeah. Little did they know how long January is. <laughs> exactly. You know, you want to talk. Come back in a month. Yeah. Why don't you go count some more crows? <laughs> Band. Adam. 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 Why don't you go date Courtney Cox some more? <laughs> That's all I got. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I took you on that road. Um, That's all right. Please take the baton, Dan. Yeah, I, I don't really have anything that exciting. I mean, uh, you got some Kino delivery. Yeah. That's exciting. What do you? Yeah, what, the, what stood out from that? Big winter sale. Um, trying to think of anything that really stood out. You know what? You know what really stood out is actually not from that. It was the last movie that I got from the Criterion sale was a film noir. It was the only film noir that I didn't own on Criterion. It's uh, oh, this called, was your last minute pickup, right? Yes, called Moonrise. I was floored. I loved Moonrise. It. Okay. I loved it. I, I hope we get to do it at some point because it, it was excellent. I, I had such little knowledge of it. I, I knew it was a love film it. noir. I knew, it, I knew it when it came out and I was just like, ah, you know, I'll get it eventually. I, I was a little bit, I, I hate to admit, but I was a little bit dismissive of it at the time for whatever reason. And Those are the best ones though when they pay off. Exactly. And, and that's what it was. I, like, I watched it and like, for, even from the beginning, I was like, wow. I was like, this is really cool. Um, it. It's just really interesting. Very interesting. And um, what's his name in it? Um, there's a, a great cameo in the beginning. Well, it's, it's a cameo. Well, but I, I don't want this cameo. If we're going to do this movie, I want to be as blind and surprised as you. Well, it's not a cameo. It's actually, he's actually like a character. I don't want it. Okay. I don't want it. We're going to, I will All guarantee right. we watch this movie just so you don't give it to me right now, but I'm Fair looking enough. forward to it. That's, you've sold me. You've sold me. Okay. No more hard sell. I'm sold. Buy, uh, sold American. Take my wallet, please. I was looking for my wallet to display, but it's not nearby. <laughs> Soft spending itself somewhere I was say, you, gotta, you, gotta, you might have to get a hold of that. You know no, what's no. going on. It might be an on-air phone call, huh? Yeah. Well, Dan, we'll put that on the list. Much like Santa, I'm making the list. I, I actually just sent you, before we started the podcast, the invitation to I the beginning it. of the 2022 list. So, mm-hmm. exciting. Exciting times. I like it so far. Okay, that's good. I approve. Uh, all right, we, I hope so. I, I, went, I found an old list from you, and I've been trying to go through that, but I was pleased to see we've actually... We've, we've gone through a chunk of what you originally suggested. Yeah. No, it's cool. I got trying to get more. some winter picks in there, you know, trying to keep it chilly. Yeah. No, I so, agree. No, I noticed that. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you had an eye for winter, sir. Mm-hmm. But let's keep an eye on Christmas here and, yep. and, and let's get into it if you're ready. I am. I am more than ready. Okay. That pause was our blast of silence. I just wanted to have <laughs> that in there. <laughs> Out of nowhere, we blasted you with it. Episode 51. Blast of silence. We're here. We've been wanting to do this one forever. We tried to conjure the Blu-ray, but instead we just made the movie out of print entirely. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Good All luck right. finding this. I'm sure it's on YouTube. It all is. That's yeah. what I'm finding out with Film Noir is uh, uh, YouTube is the Wild West. You could do whatever. It's Napster for, for Film Noir. Or maybe that maybe that, that, that's just what it needs to, to kickstart a, a Blu-ray release. If it's out of print, maybe they'll pick I'm up I'm hoping. It. I think... I would have expected they would have done it around now. We were waiting for that yeah. December release the entire time, but I, who knows? We'll keep keep your eyes out. 
you know, this could be the one that inspires them. Uh, we're competing with Noir Alley's, you know, we're recording this today. They're going to be showing it on the weekend. And yeah, then, then this episode will come out. So whoops, but hey. it's Christmas time. We all have the same idea. More the know? merrier. That's what I say. Merry Christmas, Dan. Yep. Uh, this movie was released March 20th, 1961. I'm not so sure that date, though. I've seen some some different ones, but it was in 61. And mm. it was directed by Alan Barron. And it was also written by Alan Barron, but also mm. with some narration written by Mel Davenport, a.k.a. Waldo Salt. This was produced and cinematography by, that's a rare combo, mm. Meryl Brody, and also music by Mayor Kupferman and distributed by Universal Pictures. The poster says, an unforgettable experience in suspense as the seconds tick off a timetable for murder. I don't think that's a good tagline for this movie, but it's exciting nonetheless. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't know how you sell it. Like, get ready to be bummed out and think about your life during Christmas with some cool action along the way. I have to say, it's, it sells me on, on the title. I think the title is one of the coolest titles. <laughs> you know, honestly, like, I think it's just a cool title. I, I really like it. It's a great title. Yeah. I had been waiting for this movie for a little bit before it actually had come out in Criterion. So this Criterion had come out in 2008. Mm-hmm. Well over 10 years, this thing should have a blue by now. Um, but I was, I was ready for it because in, act- in uh, Criminal Issue 4, it's a comic book. It was published January 2007 in their back matter. It was right in the debut of the comic. But in the back matter, they would talk about film noir. And they actually had Patton Oswalt do a guest article. And he was like, you got to see this movie, Blast the Silence. I remember reading a book, you know, that had film recommendations in it and they were talking about it and it just sounded awesome. And then it took him 12 years to actually see a screening of the movie and wow. it totally paid off for him. And that's what happened to me after reading the article, the comic, I, I just, I really wanted it. And I, I wasn't alone. I don't know how much credit the comic deserves for bringing the movie to Criterion's attention, but when the DVD came out a year later, it actually had the artist of the comics. His artwork is all over it. Sean Phillips. Mm-hmm. from the cover there's also a four-page comic included in the insert mm-hmm. so it definitely seems like there's some influence there but i was excited to see it and it paid off it was such a great movie it's it's one i watch quite often i mean that you instantly think of it as a christmas movie because it's just all over the plot of this oh yeah i watch it every christmas <laughs> every christmas and it's just so interesting because you know it's like an independent film it was very low budget it was a budget of sixty-five thousand dollars, and it was shot over 22 days, but they were spread out over a four month period mm-hmm. ending in January, 1960. And it, it's low budget independentness kind of just makes it look like more of a movie from the fifties. Like it, it yeah. doesn't look 1961 like some of these other ones do. Yeah. I think they started filming it in the fifth, in the late fifties. I think Probably it, like I think 59, I heard 50, yeah. 58, 59, even. Uh, well, if it's a four it's month like, period, yeah. then yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it'd be 59. Yeah. 59. Yeah. Which is, crazy but they really went through it i mean there's we'll get into it but like there's filming during a hurricane yeah uh, which is very noticeable (laughs) um and it and it's just a there's so much in new york all over it i mean that's one of the biggest highlights of the movie is just it's such a snapshot of late 50s early 60s new york city and and harlem and staten island i mean yeah it's it's just it's it's really cool yeah and i think even alan barron mentions it in like in the bonus feature that I mean, they stole pretty much all the scenes. Like, they didn't have, like, the permits to do it. So, I mean, I think it adds to, like, there's, like, this level of, like, kind of realism in a way. Because it's, it's very, you know, it's very gritty, but it's very just, like, in the moment, you know? Yeah, like, you're, just, you're not only just escaping bodyguards, you're escaping people who own the building. Yeah, <laughs> people on the street, people on the street that you're just randomly filming. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I was thinking about how I came about this movie and it's, I actually came about it by accident. Um, it was one of my regular trips, I remember it, to Princeton Record Exchange and I always take a look at the movies because they always get great movies in. And I was looking through the Criterion section. And, I, and I, I'd, I'd heard of it, like I'd seen the, the cover, but I didn't know much about it. And they, they usually have movies pretty cheap. And I think it was like $9.99 used or something like that. And I was like, oh, let me take a close look. I mean, I always like the title. Let me, and I started reading the back of it. I'm like, oh, this sounds pretty good. I'll just buy it. I didn't know much of anything about it. And then, you know, of course, the rest is history. And then I, I watched it. And I was like, wow, this movie's amazing. Like, I can't believe I, I didn't know about this movie uh, that much beforehand. So yeah, it was, it was definitely like a nice, happy accident where it's just like almost like a, basically like a blind buy. Like I didn't know very much about it going into it. And how, how into film noir were you at this point? I think at that point, I, you know, I wasn't as much as it, 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 I, I mean, I bought it probably like, I'd say close to 10 years ago something like that. So at that point, I would always drift in and out. Like I, I, you know, I used to be more like, I would have maybe like a month where I'd be like, that's all I'd be watching. And then I dip out for a little bit and then I get back into it. I mean, Mm -hmm. now in the last few years now, it's just like all the time. Like it's, it doesn't really stop. But I think during that time I was kind of in and out of it. I mean, like I said, I mean, I watch it ever since I got it. I watch it every Christmas. I mean, it's definitely the most pessimistic Christmas movie (laughs) that you could watch. Um, Absolutely. So Definitely, if you're in a in a kind of a bah humbug vibe, I, I feel like it definitely matches that for sure. Yeah, I usually am. I, you yeah. know, most of the time, and if not, I always have an appreciation for it. Yeah, it's for always sure. there. You know, somewhere under the surface. Yeah, it's it's bubbling, just like it's bubbling in uh, Frankie Bono. That's right. We're gonna bubble him right to birth because we're instantly giving birth to baby boy Frankie Bono, and we're also introduced to a great soundtrack. Blessed with the tones of narrator Lionel Stander. What a great voice. Great voice. I didn't realize this until going through the fun facts, but it made perfect sense. But do you know Heart to Heart? No. The television show? Mm-mm. It's like a Robert Wagner show, but he's okay. like the butler and he does like a voiceover in the theme song too. And it's like, oh. oh my God. As soon as I read that, I'm like, yeah, that's totally the same voice. So that was a good time. Cool. But we're all returning home back to New York City during Christmas. You know, this shouldn't be a problem as long as you aren't a mopey loner. Um, It's Christmas all over. You know, it's New York City after all. So he's instantly feeling the sorrow and he's turning it into hate. Hate is going to be said throughout it. Talk about bubbles. Hate bubbles all throughout like like an angry child (laughs) at the playground. He he hates a lot of things. (laughs) Hates everything. And he has to turn things to hate. It's great. You were born with hate and anger built in. And so, yeah, the, the narration dialogue was written by Waldo Salt, and it's instantly better than any of the dialogue in the movie. Like, it's just oh, yeah. got that something extra, but it's really cool and interesting to see two different writing styles at the same time with each other because yeah. they, they have just such a different way about each other. It, it's a great dynamic, and it might not work usually in other scenarios, but it absolutely does here. I thought about that, especially on this watch. I was thinking about how how weird it would be without the the narration. So say if, if the movie just existed by itself, it would still be really cool, but it would be even more sparse than it is. And I feel like it adds another dimension to it. Like I say, it adds it'd be a harder more, sell, yeah, you know, exactly. Like you, it'd be more apparent that you're watching an independent movie. Right. This kind of gives it know, more, like, more legs, more substance. It, it, absolutely. It, yeah. And just because of how good, like the, both the, the narrator himself and the actual dialogue that he's saying right. is like, it really just elevates it. Like I'm not a huge narrator guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not against it, but it's just not something I'm, I'm a, really a fan of. But this is like mm-hmm. one of the best narrated 
yeah. narrators ever. Like it, it's just, it's my high mark. When it works, it works. I think that's a good way to, to think of it. Exactly. When it works, it works. This is the example of it working like a charm mm-hmm. and working on Christmas. Uh, so Frankie, he hasn't been home in a while. He's been spending most of his time in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And he checks into a motel as Fred Moore of Albany in town mm-hmm. on business for a week or less. We'll see. Yep. And then he heads off on the Staten Island Ferry for his target. He, he gets the job. It's a mobster named Troiano. And uh, once he confirms he knows Fat Nick from Ohio, uh, he gets paid half the payment now and he'll get the rest after the hit. Oh, and uh, one more thing. If he gets made before the hit, their contract will be called off. They're, they're totally going to disavow him. I love um, in that scene where, where he steps on his foot. Yeah. It's so good. And you see like the, like the anger in his face when, it, when, he, when he says that to him. And I just, I love it. It's so, it just feels realistic because you, you could feel like that anger kind of welling in him. Uh, yeah. and, and like, and he just, it just comes out. It's just, it's great. It's, it's perfect. It's so good. But I personally love when he's just like, yeah, I know fat Nick. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, when he's just like, I have a friend in Chicago or in Cleveland. Cleveland. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fat Nick. Of course. But that was great. That was another thing that made me wonder is like, do you think the narration came after they finished the movie? Because I some of it does so. seem to be like, here's the cut. And then like, you know, they add in little things like you'll know him by the hate in his eyes when he asks for, for a light, you know, just little things like that. It seemed like it was like, okay, I'm watching the edit. Let me flower it up a little bit. I think so. From what I understand, I, I don't know about the timeline of it specifically, but from what I understand that, that, you know, that voice actor, apparently like there was some deal made where like he wanted, you know, a certain amount of money if he got uh-huh. his name credited. And they, at the time he like, they, they weren't sure. Cause I guess, cause of the budget, and he had, they ended up, he's like, I'll do it. But he didn't get a credit in the movie, like an actual credit. It's like some, there was some deal with that. So I'm imagining- I thought it was because he was blacklisted because he was definitely blacklisted. At he time. was. I don't, I don't think that was, just, I mean, that might've played a role in it, but for, that was what I heard from the, the, um, the, the bonus feature on here. They because it was weird, like yeah. between the narrator and the writer of the narration, like they were both blacklisted. Mm-hmm. It's just weird that that's, that was that. I guess when you're just trying to get people on the cheap. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you don't need to put a name on it. Or right. especially it, talented people that, you know, giving them an opportunity to, to get work where they yeah. can get it. You know, I, I think that's probably why they took the opportunity. It's good for everyone involved. Yeah. So the Troiano hit is on. We also find out Troiano has lips like a woman, which he hates. Add it to the hate list. Yeah. I, I saw those lips. I don't know if I agree with it, but that's all right. He follows Troiano, leading him to the suburbs. So he won't be able to do a hit there as it's constantly lit and it's full of people. Mm. So he's going to have to take the murder somewhere else. And also Troiano is surrounded by bodyguards all the time. So that's an obstacle you'll need to get around. But next we're going to head to a gross apartment to meet a gross man. Big Ralph mm-hmm. as a large man who sells guns out of his place. Uh, he also has a lot of pet rats that he got from the sewer. So, you know, it totally smells in there. Yeah. You can just smell that through the screen. And uh, we all know a big Ralph and big Ralph just wants to reminisce uh, he reveals that Frankie actually had done some time, but baby boy, he just wants to keep it all business. He just wants a gun with a silencer, which is going to be tough and certainly pricey. $500, in fact, but we go through a little haggling and we get it down to $350. Mm-hmm. And it's another half now, half after. Yep. It's a, I think that's the best way to work, Dan. Yeah. I think you have to because that, that keeps he- one, one, everybody has one foot in it, but. Exactly. You know. Plus, you need a little seed money to get started, you know? Yeah. A little walking I don't around want to be money. out of pocket. Exactly. Walking around money. <laughs> um, so Frankie's going to have to wait until tomorrow before the gun is ready, though. So he's off to tail Troiano some more. 
he picks up where he left off the day before and he follows him on foot through Harlem. And this is great where you really see this era of the city. It's just magical. Yeah. Like they accidentally just get some, some really special shots. Yeah. And it's, it's all the, the city wide ones. Again, yeah. stolen. I mean, it literally stolen. is like yeah, just going in and doing it. Yeah. You can tell there's some looks at the people like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, why are you here? But yeah, that's just definitely one of the biggest takeaways of the movie is that like, it was just able to capture so much with so little. Yeah. Um, Frankie, he builds his hate some more as he's traveling. It seems to be very important to him and what he does. So naturally, he also takes a turn on memory lane. And he's thinking of his time growing up in New York City, specifically at the orphanage. And that helps build up some more hate. So he decides to take off for a bit and kill some time. And Christmas rears its ugly head further throughout the streets as it threatens all around Christmas cheerful spirit. Mm-hmm. And so a baby boy, he heads for a drink. And he runs into old Petey from the orphanage, of course. Mm-hmm. And he, he really couldn't give a shit about that. But Pete was Lori's brother. And she was someone special to him that he felt something for. Mm-hmm. So probably the one person ever in life. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, very cold man. And Petey invites Frankie to a Christmas party. And he's reluctant to go to it. But then Lori shows up, holding a bunch of presents. That combined with Petey's peer pressure, they're able to get old baby boy to the Christmas Eve shindig. And he also mentions, he also real quick, he, he mentions that, you know, it would, he kind of goes through like the, you know, the mindset of, okay, well, if, if I try to get out of this, like that might look weird to them. So like, I should just pl- kind of play along, whether that's just like an excuse in his head or not. But, you know, he at least makes that. You it's know, gotta be in argument. his head. Who, who yeah. would care if he goes or not? They, they barely see this guy. It's not like, hey, what, what are you up to? That's suspicious. Right. Well, just because it's Christmas and, you know, and like what else would he be God, doing? God you know? forbid you turn down a Christmas party. Right. That's, you know, in his, in his head. And yeah. you know what? They invite him over and they got what they wanted. He's fucking miserable the entire time. He, yeah. he's, he's a total drag to be around. He doesn't relate to these people anymore if he ever likely did. And uh, one of the best lines is like, I hate, he's like, yeah, you hate parties. (laughs) And you're like, wow. You hate parties. You sit alone waiting for a chance to blow the noisy crowd out of your ears, wondering what you're doing here. Hate, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, you could do one of those memes where they're like, they don't know I'm standing in the corner or whatever that Mm -hmm. you see around, but blast the silence. If we were a hipper account, we would do something like that. Hey, you never know. Um, we got some time before the episode goes up. That sounds like the intern could do that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely job for the intern. And also job for the intern is seeing a miserable Frankie and asking him to dance. So Lori does that. And he's not very good at dancing because you know that he's never danced with a woman before. But stop everything, Dan. Stop it. Hey, we, we, we got we, Petey's coming in and he's challenging Frankie to the old peanut pushing contest yep. with the with the nose. Um, it's across a rematch from when they were kids. Yep. They got to push a peanut with their nose across the carpet. That, that's insane. What, what an insane scene that is. And it, yeah. they, sh- they show the full push and everything. Frankie, for some reason, he allows himself to participate in this insane game, but he, he wins. He's still got it. Yeah. Frankie's having fun at this point. He, he's a peanut pushing winner and mm-hmm. he, he's loosened up. You even see him dancing a little better mm-hmm. and, and just having a great time, specifically with Lori. So now we're going to go ahead and cut to the bells on Christmas morning. And he just wants to clear his head of hate. So he heads off and goes to Lori's apartment. And uh, this is such a wonderful and also horrifying scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just the, the you finally get a little something out of old Alan Barron. Let's let's a little emotion out. Where did you go when you left Chillicothe? Frankie?
Cleveland. I was sick of that little burg. I wanted a big city. And what did you do? I got a job in this big parking lot. The old guy who ran it, he liked me, treated me like a father. He made me manager. And I was doing pretty good. Until the whole damn thing fell apart. What do you mean? Oh, there were these local racket guys, and they tried to shake the old man down. They bombed his house, and they, they killed his wife. Why? Why? You just don't ask questions like that. That's why. All I know is the old guy took off a of Florida like a scared rabbit. Maybe I should have gone with him. What did you do? What do you mean, what did I do? I looked to stay alive. That's what I do. No, I Look, let's just forget the whole thing, shall we? This is the best of his script and these scenes, but yeah, it ends with uh, an assault. Lori's like, well, this is weird. I'm going to go ahead and try to change the subject. Let's dance. I love dancing. And Frankie, of course, gets the wrong idea. And yeah, he, he totally sexually assaults her, but she's able to stop him. And she's like, hey, you know, it's fine, but you should finish your coffee and go. Mm-hmm. So Frankie picks up the Troyano trail again. He's feeling better now that Christmas is out of his system. And Troyano stops at a brownstone where he leaves his bodyguards behind. And Frankie boy, he figures it all out. It's Christmas with the family and Boxing Day with the date. Mm-hmm. And so this is where the hit's going to go down. He's full of proper hate for Troyano. Troyano takes his mistress to the Village Barn Jazz Club in Greenwich Village. You know, but I wouldn't say it's really jazzy. It's just a, a guy on bongos just <laughs> singing, singing and ruining everything. And that's always jarring. I tend to forget it, even though I watch this thing every year that it's coming. But he gets it's a couple funny. songs, too. And yeah, it's just... Awful. It's, it, you know, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, that of that era, the late, especially the late 50s, it's like that beat kind of generation, even like at the party, like they had some guy playing bongos, you know, in Congo too. So um, yeah. that was just something that happened. You know, it's just something that, that people did for entertainment. Um, Lay off the bongos. It's like when someone picks up the acoustic guitar at the party, just don't do <laughs> it. Nobody wants it. The music was fine with that old Joe Bongo. Yeah. Get that out of there. Yeah, no good. Um, I do. I do like during the scene where because Ralph happens to be there too, and, yes, he, and does. the scene where he has the the two guys and they do the arm wrestling uh, <laughs> at the same time, where he's sitting in the middle. Like that's just a great shot. That's what you do at the old jazz club on a day after Christmas. Yeah. So big, big Ralph is there. He spots Baby Boy and he follows him into the bathroom, and he blackmails Frankie to pay him more for the gun. When he finds out it's Troyano is, is the hit. That's exactly. why. That's a pricey hit. Yep. So Frankie, he refuses, but he knows that Ralph is going to be trouble. So he follows him back to his place and they get in a huge bust up. This is great. Everything's getting smashed. It's a really hard struggle. But finally, Frankie, he just strangles him to death. Mm. Beats him with a lamp. Yeah. All oh, the, yeah. All the good brutal, stuff. Yeah. The brutality of this movie is absolutely a highlight. I mean, it's just really that it's so honest and unflinching. Like yeah. even just in, in the loneliness and, and the hate. I don't know. Yeah. It's just. Like it's I said, yeah, it's the most pessimistic Christmas movie you could yeah. ever think of. But, I mean, it's, that's film noir, baby, you know? Yeah. That's how we play. Yeah. Um, and when he leaves, you also get that great shadowy shot of him walking on the streets of the city, moving towards the camera. Oh, yeah. One of my that's favorites great, in the movie, yeah. Great work. So, baby boy, he's freaking out. He knows that things are going bad and that killing Big Ralph it was messy, but he had no other choice. And he checks the papers to see if the news of the murder has made it inside. And Oh, yes, it's right on the front page, baby boy. Mm-hmm. And so Frankie, he makes a call up to the bosses to try to get out of this thing. But, you know, just like a boss, they don't, they don't give two flying fucks. 
They just want this thing done, trouble yeah, or not. Done. Yeah. You know, maybe they'll play therapist after he gets it, the hit done. But for now, you know, just shut up. And we're going to tell mom and you got to New Year's Eve to get the thing done. Mm-hmm. Way to go, baby boy. So Frankie, of course, he's like, I'm going to call Lori. That's where I go after these things. Yeah. He uh, wants to see her. He wants to tell her something, but she refuses. But she also lets him off the hook for what happened the other night. You know, she understands that this is just a sad, lonely, pathetic guy from the orphanage who mm-hmm. may or may not be working for the mafia. Mm-hmm. And so he goes off to meet with Joe Boniface, not Butterface, as it sounds like. Ha- had to learn that from IMDb. And he's unsure of if, if this guy knows about Big Ralph's death. Because Joe Butterface, Butterface, he's the guy who sold, he's selling the gun. Mm-hmm. And it all seems to be going well there. And he gets his gun with the silencer. And then he heads over to the mistress's brownstone to figure out everything, case the joint, you know, to yep. see how to make it, it a, yep, yeah. get a successful job, find out the apartment number. That would help, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees Troyano entering the building, talking with the landlady. So he's able to get that. And then Troyano leaves with the mistress and baby boy heads inside the apartment looking for guns or, you know, anything else that could gum up the works. That's a great scene. Yeah. It's like the little things. It's the process. Right. That, that's what's so enjoyable. The procedure of everything throughout it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, speaking of procedure, we have this great scene of Frankie just oiling up the gun and reassembling it, taping on the silencer. Yeah. Just, just making sure that it's in perfect working order to guarantee a successful hit. Yeah. It's great. The great point. Yeah. That, that was really cool. One of my favorite, favorite scenes of the movie. And at this point, he knows for sure that this is going to be his last job. Mm-hmm. That he's all done. Classic. Classic trope. Yeah. Um, and how do you follow up such existentialism? You put on a, you put an orphanage right outside, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, great scene. The music is great and the emotion is great. 10 out of 10 in that moment for a 10 out of 10 film. Yes. And Baby Boy, of course, he starts thinking of Lori again. So he decides it's a great idea to go to her place again, go see her. And not, he knocks on the door. She comes out and he spills his guts saying he needs her. He wants to run off together. But then comes Lori's boyfriend yeah. having himself a shave. Oof. Yeah. Um, you know, handling it pretty well, honestly. But Frankie, he is not. He's pissed. He's heartbroken. Love that scene, too. You're really getting some, some great work from Mr. Barron. And he channels all these emotions into hate, into the job. You know, that's, that's what works for him. Mm-hmm. And it's never been a better time than now to do this damn thing. So we're going to go back to the brownstone. Troyano, he's heading up. You see Frankie's shadow waiting for him. Also mm-hmm. a great shot. We love yep. shadows here on the, the shadow cast. And he shoots Troyano. Shoots him dead. Makes his escape. Uh, he avoids the landlady and hits the roof and off the fire escape and past the bodyguards. Just, just another great scene. Yeah, I love the the first the first moment of like the getaway and he looks down the stairs and she the, she, she's the landlady she's like mopping up the stairs. He's like, oh crap! Yep. Like <laughs> worst timing possible. He plans everything though. He knew, yeah. he knew the other escape route, not his favorite, yep. but he, he made it happen. So all is well. We did it. A successful mm. hit. Now he just needs to be paid for it. So he makes a call to arrange a pickup at the docks. And from here, I'm going to say, put on your coat because yes. uh, it's going to be hurricane windy here at these docks. Yep. They walk a long, wet walk to get paid. And another person pops out. It's revealed that these things are totally a setup as we all felt in our hearts. And One of my favorite boy- shots in the scene is in the movie is, is when he first steps out, you know, past those houses. And then you see the one guy walk towards him and he's got his head down with the the hat, his hat pulled down, and you're like, "Oh crap!" Yeah. And and you can see, and then the camera pans the other way. You see the other guy, and he, like, then he, you know, you re- you realize he's it, bones. He realizes it. Yeah, he's got nowhere to go. He gets chased by these two men. Hats are lost. Planks are shook, and eventually, yeah, baby boy gets shot into the water. 
and he tries to swim ashore, but then he gets shot at repeatedly. Yeah. So brutal, so great. One of the best noir endings. He's left to die, alone like he always was, but, you know, without the pain and the, quote, cold black silence. Some expert narration here to mm. take us home and by home into the, the great unknown. Blast of silence, Dan. Wow. What a good time. And, yeah, so that last scene was filmed on Long Island during Hurricane Donna. Mm-hmm. And um, this was the only hurricane of the 20th century to blanket the entire East Coast from South Florida to Maine. This thing was huge. And in fact, John Steinbeck had actually wrote about it in his 1962 nonfiction memoir, Travels with Charlie Hmm. in Search of America. He was out uh, on a truck with a custom camper. He was going to take a journey across the United States. And then he, he had been in Long Island, hadn't left yet, and just got, they got hit with this thing. And it sounds like a... he had a lot to deal with there, but yeah, they actually, the filmmakers for the scene, they, they knew <laughs> that the hurricane was coming, but you know, they had no time. They had to steal all the shots like we were saying. And so they went ahead and just powered through it. Mm-hmm. Wasn't like they missed the weather report that day. Well, it worked. I mean, they, you know, it, it works really well within the scenes and like, you couldn't play oh, that. It's a great climax. It I mean, if it was like, at all, you know, if it was in the middle of the movie, it'd be like, all right, that's a little weird, but fine. But no, it's exactly where it needs to be. And, and yeah, just like a hurricane where we're blown away by the, the blast of silence. Yes. Man. One thing I remember always being shocked about is Alan Barron. Like he didn't really work much. He didn't really do anything. This was really his, his masterpiece. And that was it. And he directed TV. He did a couple I episodes of, yeah, Love Boat. One of my favorite shows. I just watched a great episode of Martin where they had plenty of Love Boat characters, Dan. You would love it. Really? Yes. I, I, lo- I, I love the Love Boat. One of my favorite shows. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Thank us. you, Ted. That's for us. That's for <laughs> us. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really, there's not so much information about it. He's still alive. Yes. Which is great. He, he seems to, he wrote a book about his making of this movie. I know he does the commentary on the, the Criterion. Mm-hmm. And there's also that great walk through New York City of all the locations that they filmed at. Yes, it was like a West German film crew like went with yeah. them and, they, and they like went to each like film location. I think it was like early night, like I guess it was 1990, I think it was, or, or 89, somewhere around, somewhere around there. But Way yeah, past really cool. the 60s though. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite features in general. I always liked that one. Yeah. But that's all I have on that guy. Oh, hey, maybe he'll still make another one. We'd love to love to have something from him. Maybe he's got some, some screenplays on, that were unproduced or mm. I don't know. But you know who was good at screenplays was Big Ralph, a.k.a. Larry Tucker. He's from Philly, first of all, so mm-hmm. shout out to him. Yeah. Um, he actually he didn't do too much acting, and this was his debut. But he's also in uh, Samuel Fuller's Shock Corridor. Mm-hmm. But he had better success as a screenwriter. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay for 1969's Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Along with his writing partner, Paul Mazursky, who wrote, uh, directed that movie. And they were also responsible for the development and production of the Monkees television show. Oh. So thank you, Big Ralph. That was a big contribution. I guess with that, we should also mention uh, just It is a little topical, yes. Yeah. We lost a monkey. We're down to one. Yeah. I was glad to see they they, um, completed the farewell tour, though, like just weeks before it happened. Yes, Yes, they did. He went out on top. He went out loved. And we're certainly going to miss him, but we're happy for his contributions. Plenty of movies, tapes back and, here. And plus, plus, I mean, Repo Man. We t- I was about to say, we talking uh, Repo Man a lot. Tape Heads, which yeah. if you haven't seen, is, is a great, great little cult movie. I love um, those, like, those guys that got so successful in music that they're like, yeah, I'll just help produce movies. And they're usually like ones that 
really weird. Yeah. Yeah. That like needed to happen and they needed that funding from that kind of source. They needed somebody to believe in them and and give them a shot. And and And, yeah, if he's one of those guys, that's awesome. Who knows that better than a musician, you know? So that is, I think more musicians should be film producers. Let's get them out there. Yeah. Artists, everybody. Let's, let's, let's co-mingle in these genres. For sure. But Lionel Stander, as the the narrator, as we said, uh, he was blacklisted, and so he and he actually he he was a little uh, saucy on the the stand. He you know he didn't want to put up with any of this bullshit, and he actually made headlines by being so uncooperative. And mm-hmm. actually, which was mem- uh, memorialized in a play from Eric Bentley called "Are You Now or Have You Ever Been?" Mm-hmm. He actually there's a there's a quote from him when he testified saying, "Quote: I am not a dupe or a dope or a mo or a schmo." I was absolutely absolutely conscious of what I was doing, and I'm not ashamed of anything I said in public or private. Wow! And like I said, he was the butler on Heart to Heart. Google that theme song, and you'll hear it. It's it's wild. It, it, it totally made sense in retrospect. Molly McCarthy. This was our Lori. She did a great job in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was actually the principal in Over the Edge from 1979, Matt Dillon's debut film. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a good one if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. And um, she also was in 1959's The Great St. Louis Bank Robbery with Steve McQueen. Oh, wow. But other than that, not too much. And Waldo Salt, our, our writer of narration, another blacklisted writer. He was credited as Mel Davenport in this. And I saw that one other time he had that credit. And it was at, on the Swiss Family Robinson TV movie. So hmm. I wonder if it was a blacklisted thing or if it's a thing you just didn't want his name on. Because he is quite a credible guy. I mean, this is a guy yeah. who wrote Midnight Cowboy and Serpico. Mm-hmm. Um, Two great he, movies. He came back hard after his blacklist. And there was actually, uh, he, he passed a little after that. And there was a documentary in 1990 called Waldo Salt, A Screenwriter's Journey that was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Documentary. Hmm. And it's now a part of the PBS American Masters series. So oh, wow. perhaps you can find that with a Google search. I'd like to watch that. That's a, yeah, that'd be that's great. something I would watch. He, he did great work. I mean, yeah. we saw what he did. Um, so yeah, hopefully by next year, we'll have a Blu-ray of this. That'd be great. But find this movie, no matter which version you can. I mean, for as far as the DVD goes, it's a great print. That's also just what makes it seem like a no-brainer for a Blu-ray, because it's like, it's not much like you, you got to do much restoration. It's just an upscale. Yeah. So we're going to predict that for next year. But in the meantime, why don't we go ahead and close out the rest of this year? Episode 52, 52 pickup, Dan. We're dropping all the cards. Mm-hmm. And we're coming back for 1944's Murder, My Sweet. Want to make a statement? The boys tell me I did a couple of murders. Anything in it? I think you better let me have it. Bring in your book. been in my office that night when my brain cells playing hide-and-seek with those dizzy flashes down the street, I'd have never got messed up with a stolen jade necklace. I've never hired a detective before. What are the rates? As much as the traffic will bear. When can you start? I've already started. Well, this looked like something to rub your palms about. But my client's lovely stepdaughter had other ideas. What did she ask you to do? 
She wanted me to kiss her and find a jade necklace. Whatever she was willing to pay you, I'll up it. Just stay away from her. Forget the whole thing. It sounded screwy, but it's a funny thing. I always follow through on a sale, even if it pays dividends in a broken skull. I didn't see what hit me. I didn't have to. The first thing I knew, I found myself heaped on a bed like a bag of bones ready for the scrap heap. My throat was dry. My hands felt like a bunch of bananas. I couldn't stand on my pens. Okay, I said to myself, you're a tough guy. Let's see you get out of this straitjacket. Dick Powell, we got more Marlowe coming. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to this Amazing one. Look, movie. Looking forward to kissing off the year. Dan's going to watch Bill and Ted, too. What am I watching, Dan? What are you going to watch? I'll tell you what I'm going to watch. Yeah. I am going to watch. Is it one of the ones? I, I feel like I've, I've recommended yes. a few. You did. I'm going to watch um, The Music Room. Yes. I was going to say one, one of, one of Rye's uh, movies. Yes. Yeah. That will be my homework assignment. So come back next week. We will briefly speak about these wonderful experiences we just gave each other. And um, yeah, then we'll get into another experience of Murder My Sweet. Looking forward to it. Thanks for coming to the show. Happy holidays, everyone. We love you. Love each other. Feel free to love the email address, the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. You know, it would be a gift to us. Give us a rate us or review us, you know? Yeah. Apple Podcasts, they have those capabilities. Subscribe on Spotify. You know, stats, they matter sometimes. Also, for this little ramshackle show we do, we're, we're pretty psyched with the stats. Yeah, Keep doing you. Time. We'll do you. Thanks for listening. And in the meantime, Dan, here's the holiday crime. Here's the holiday crime. Ding, Ding dong. <laughs>